The idea that you can be divorced once you have children, that's kind of a stupid idea, because you can't. You can, you, can, you can find a limited substitute for your initial freedom. But if you, if you have kids and you try to get divorced, the probability that that's going to demolish your life is very, very high. First of all, it's incredibly expensive. So one or both of you is going to come out of that poor. And your market value has declined. Let's say you're the woman who takes the kids. Your market value has declined radically. You're going to be poorer. The man, he's just as screwed. Because he is now an indentured servant. And there's no escape from it. So, it's, and it's not so bad if you can negotiate a peaceful separation. And some people can, but lots of times if you have a terrible relationship, it's not like negotiating a peaceful separation is all that easy. But if you're at each other's throats, good luck to you. I think it's roughly equivalent to having non-fatal cancer. That was a lecture from Jordan B. Peterson on the price of divorce or parental separation. Which is this podcast topic? Parental separation is important because so many parties are affected by it all over the world. This episode's purpose is to provide information on parental separation and help lessen the blow of separation on affected parties. After this episode, listeners will have a vast understanding of parental separation, how common it is, how it affects parents, how it affects children, and how it affects society. Parental separation is a very common thing that happens. It can be so devastating to people involved, but how common is it? In the US, there is a divorce rate of 6.1 per 1,000 population, and there are 746,971 divorces in 45 states, says the CDC. This is why I chose this topic, because of how common it is and how little people know how to face it. Children are the ones mostly affected by parental separation, and it can be very bad for them long term if nothing is done to help them. Corolla Suarez, a professor of human development and psychology at the University of California, Los Angeles, pointed out that after extended separation from caregivers, their long-term outcomes could include increased risk of withdrawal, depression, anxiety, crime, and anger. She also said children can feel a sense of loss. Separation from a parent can mean you lose not only your home, but your whole way of life from the Wall Street Journal. These are just some of the effects that parental separation has on children. But what do children feel during? Let's see, children feel different with an unfamiliar family. They feel fearful about being left alone. If one parent can go, perhaps the other will do the same. Angry at one or both parents for the relationship breaking down. Worried about having caused the parental separation or guilty. Rejected and insecure. Torn between both parents. These effects can affect, these effects can affect the child's life. If parents do not try to help the child through these times, one of the ways to help the child through separation is the six tasks of adjustment, which are, number one, acknowledge the reality of the separation, number two, disengage from parental conflict and distress, and resume customary pursuits, number three, resolve their loss, number four, resolve anger and self-blame, 
Number five, accept the permanence of the divorce or separation. Number six, achieve realistic hope regarding the relationships. Divorce can reflect poorly on a child's academic success, but children aren't the only ones affected by it. Divorce. Parents are also under pressure. A modified version of the dyadic trust scale originally designed by Hudson showed that participants from divorced families indicated greater fear of being hurt and or rejected. Results also showed that participants in the study who were from divorced backgrounds had less trust towards a variety of intimate relationships. Warren Bowles III. These effects can worsen the possibility of a future relationship for the parents. People in marriages also have benefits. Married people are more likely to have better physical health. Married people are more likely to smoke and drink less. Married men are less likely to commit suicide than men are, who are divorced or separated. Married individuals have the lowest incidence of diabetes, hypertension, and heart disease. Married men are more likely to live longer after diagnosed with cancer. But these benefits get lost during separation and can get worse over time. Women have similar physical health responses to divorce as men, but they have slightly different rates. For example, both men and women see an increase in heart attacks. Women who have been divorced once see an increase in their chance by 24%, according to a study by Matthew Dupre of Duke University. Divorce can have negative mental and physical effects on parents, which can reflect poorly on children. But divorce also affects society. By diminishing the child's future competence, weakening the family structure, contributing to early sexual experimentation leading to increased costs for society, adversely affecting religious practice, divorce diminishes the frequency of religious worship, diminishing a child's learning capacity and educational attainment, reducing the household income, increasing crime rates and substance use with associated societal and government costs, increasing the risk for school suspensions by binge drinking and marijuana use, Increase emotional and mental risks, including suicide, from the Linclair Journal. Every affected party needs to know the effects of divorce on themselves to prevent future damage to them and their lives. How common divorce is, its effects on children, its effects on parents, and its effects on society, makes it really important to know these effects, because the awareness could put an end to some of the issues that are provided through divorce. I mean, certainly, to some degree, a good mother can provide that, mm -hmm. right? To some degree. Although it's hard for one person to be everything. Right. You know, and I think one of the conundrums that face women, and this is a tough one, and this is why I think women are higher in trait agreeableness and higher in trait negative emotion, is that, you know, the, the primary problem that a woman has with an infant is why not throw it out a window? Because mm -hmm. it's very annoying, right? right. I mean, it's, it's there all the time. It's constant demand. It's absolutely constant demand. Tremendous dependency. Mm -hmm. And so... A woman has to be tilted towards mercy. That's how right. it looks to me. Right. And especially during, it's so important during the, especially the first year when children are so unbelievably vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's very difficult for women to be merciful like that and to make the shift to encouraging disciplinarian. I think that's a very difficult thing for people to do simultaneously. Although, you know, people, people I'm not saying that women are always only merciful and men are always only encouraging disciplinarians but things do sort themselves out to some degree like that and I think also the biochemical transformations that accompany pregnancy and childbirth and, and lactation also 
tilt a mother towards that as well. Right. She has to really love that little thing, right? It's, it's number one, no matter what it demands. And, and then telling it what to do and making sure it's behaving properly, that's, that's a whole different issue. Now, but the kids who lack fathers, I mean, first of all, they can find that to some degree in their friends. Okay. And that's often what fatherless boys do in particular. They, they, they go into gangs. Mm -hmm. And they generate the missing man masculinity in the gang. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not so good because, like, what the hell do they know? Yeah. They, well, they don't know anything, right? Mm -hmm. They're just stupid kids and they're like 15 years old and their testosterone is pumping and they're trying to get the hell away from their mother, which is what they're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. and, and they're not in the right position to exercise any authority over themselves. So mm -hmm. that's, that's not good. They can find it in education. They can find it in books. They can find it in movies. They can find it in sports heroes and so forth because the image of the father is fragmented and distributed among the community. Okay. But it's very, very difficult to not have a father. Right. And you know, one of the things that we're doing in our society, which I think is, I think it's absolutely appalling, is that we're making the case that all families are equal. Mm -hmm. It's like, sorry, no, wrong. And there's no empirical data supporting that proposition, by the way. It's much better for kids to have two parents. From this re research, the episodes following should have been given background and more insight into people's stories. This is Parental Segregation. I'm your host, Miles Milner. We're streaming from Wyzetta, Minnesota. So, let's just get into it. Thank you for listening to Parental Segregation. I'm your host, Miles Milner, and have a good night. Can't you see?